This podcast discusses cannabis and is intended for audiences 21 and over. A lot of women really like sativas for some reason, because people have an idea in their head of like what a sativa is. And when I first became a consumer that was sort of getting to know things, I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to feel more like happy and awake. And, and so I would try sativas. But then when I started getting into indicas and OGs, you're not always going to get the same effects with anything labeled as sativa. You're going to have very different responses. And then everybody's body responds differently. Welcome back to How to Do the Pot, a podcast demystifying cannabis for women. I'm Ellen Scanlon. You just heard from Amelda Wall-Walker, the co-founder of cannabis company Pure Beauty, talking about the challenges of classifying cannabis. I recently started an interview by asking, can you answer in one sentence? And then I stopped myself. Cannabis is such a complicated topic, it is almost impossible to answer any question about it in one sentence. Today's topic, classifying weed as sativa, indica, and hybrid, despite maybe seeming simple, is definitely worth understanding in more than one sentence. Are you on the list for How to Do the Pot's newsletter? If not, please sign up at dothepot.com, and you can also follow along on all our socials. And as always, if you like How to Do the Pot, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people find the show. It feels kind of silly to say, but with all the cool packaging and ways to consume cannabis and edibles, oils, or fancy pre-rolls, sometimes you can forget that cannabis is a plant. Low Friesen, a Washington State-based chemist and the founder of Halo Cannabis, really loves the chemistry of the plant, so she's a great person to help translate the cannabis science into practical terms. Fundamentally, the cannabis plant that we know and that gets us high is from the, the horticultural term or family of cannabis sativa. And so that's like kind of the umbrella category. And then sativa, indica, and hybrid were categories that they used to describe these plants that first and foremost came from different regions of the world. And because of genetics, in addition to the environment and the soil that it's grown in and, and the climate, the plant grows in different ways. And so genetically, the indica plant was shorter and bushier and had thicker leaves. And the sativa plant would grow really tall and lanky. And then the hybrid, of course, is what we know as indica and sativa bred together. And so not only did they at the time mean that they're from these different regions and look different, but also they would have different effects when you used the product. While that, I think, makes sense at that time when they're from those regions and grown where they grew historically, as we've removed them from those environments and we've also continued to breed them with different varietals and they do change chemically, the profile of the plant will change. And that's just nature. And so what we understand today as indica, sativa, and hybrid is purely like a language that we use as a community to communicate what we want out of the product. So indica tells me that somebody's looking for something to like chill them out or help them go to sleep or be like a heavy body high. Whereas a sativa tells me that somebody's looking for something like really energetic. And then a hybrid is like a balanced experience. 
And so the hard thing is that we still use the genetics of the plant to also contribute to the naming convention. So if we're saying like, I want an indica and we, we say like OG Kush or something is an indica. Well, the chemical profile of the plant is what's actually going to give you the end experience. And because we've crossbred so many times, you could end up asking for an indica that ends up making you feel the opposite of what you wanted. I actually experienced that myself multiple times, like these categories, like I understand why people want to use them and how it, it's the ability to communicate what we're looking for. But because of all these changes to these plants over time, hundreds and hundreds of years, it does not translate to the same thing anymore. If sativa, indica, and hybrid don't necessarily describe the effects you can expect, what are the right questions to ask to find what you want? Does it have THC in it? How much THC? Does it have CBD in it? How much CBD? How does THC and CBD interact with your body? I like feeling creative and happy and uplifted and thought I only liked sativas. And I do prefer feeling that way to being really heavy in my body, which is what I associated with indicas. But what's cool about legal cannabis is that you can go to the store and buy different cannabis for different occasions. What I like for staying home and watching a movie is probably not what I would choose for a fun weekend afternoon hanging out with friends. So what works for me? I have some go-to strains that I like. I pay attention to how much THC and CBD is in the product I'm buying, and I try to smell the weed if I'm buying flour. I like strains and especially edibles that have CBD and THC, and in general, I like lower THC percentages. If I do have a higher THC strain, I know that I only need a little bit, sometimes maybe just one or two hits from a joint to feel it. Kendra Stocking, the VP of sales at cannabis company Old Pal, shares what else to pay attention to if so far you've been solely relying on classifications like sativa, indica, and hybrid. You've heard us talk about them before. Terpenes, the compounds that give cannabis and many other plants their smell and taste. People typically know sativas as being energizing and terpenes like limonene are heavy in sativas. Um, you can get all sorts of different mixtures of terpenes, but that citrusy, it's a very bright smell. It makes you feel energized when you smell it. When I first got into cannabis and I was teaching people about terpenes, I used to tell people that like, think of terpenes as essential oils, right? It was really easy to make that comparison. Um, you know, linalool is lavender. Lavender helps calm you down. Indica are more uh, sedative because they're higher in linalool, right? So pinene has like a piney smell to it. They make you feel different ways. And so that was the best comparison is to say, if you smell this, think about all of your essential oils. It's the same thing. That's what terpenes are. So if you can recognize those smells in the strains of cannabis, that should help drive you to understand what way you want to feel. So you know, if something kind of has like a bright, uplifting smell, you just think about aromatherapy, essential oils. It all comes from plants too. Um, essential oils are just, you know, steamed extractions of terpenes from lavender or limonene from lemon. Limonene is limonene, kind of whether it comes from a lemon or if it comes from a strain. It's the same thing, it's just in different amounts. And the indica sativa hybrid thing 
is something that everybody should be aware of. And it's not necessarily that things should be classified as indica sativa or hybrid, but instead we should be looking at their terpene profiles and what's the most dominant terpenes in each strain and then classify them based on that. One way to step away from classifications of sativa, indica, and hybrid is to learn about a few classic strains. Then you can say, I like the effects of this strain. Tell me what else is like that. It will give bud tenders clues about how you want to feel and they can guide you from there. Let's talk about some examples. Mario Guzman, the founder of California cannabis company Sherbinsky's, is one of the best known growers in the industry. And he tells us how he created a very popular hybrid strain, gelato. Sativa, a lot of people, you know, associate with kind of the cerebral high, a lot of creative people that are kind of afraid of, of like a heavy indica that's going to, you know, lock them on the couch and they're not going to be able to move and they're going to, you know, stare at the wall for 10 hours. And, and, you know, and that scares people. So a lot of people are in love with this, this concept of sativas. And sativas are very hard to grow. Uh, they take longer. The yields are much lower. So from a financial point of view, from a grower, it's, it's much more difficult. So what we did when we created gelato is that was taking like a real sativa and mixing it with a heavy indica and, and it created a hybrid. And so it's a mixture of that kind of cerebral heady high with the body high. And so it sort of met in the middle. And I think a lot of people, they want that body high, but they don't want it to be overpowering. They want the cerebral high, but for people like me, sativas give me anxiety it's like drinking a couple of cups of coffee that are really strong. Like it gets you going, it gives you the jitters. And a lot of people really like that. Just the same reason they like coffee. But the balance of the two is what is what's difficult. But that's what we were able to do with gelato. And it's why it's like why women like it. It's why people like to have it before they have sex. It's why people like to, you know, have it before they go to the gym. It creates that balance. Until recently, cannabis growers had to do a lot of the work of growing weed in the shadows because of its legal status. So we don't have a perfect system for even knowing what a pure sativa or indica strain is. But if what you want to feel is uplifted and creative, a classic sativa strain is Durban Poison. Durban Poison is also known as the espresso of weed. It's an intoxicating strain known for its energetic, uplifting effects, You'll feel a flurry of mental activity and an extrovert's version of being high, social, talkative, and ready for fun. It smells sweet, and I love this strain. I'm a big fan of microdosing, so one or two hits of a joint or a vape is the right amount for me. More than that, and I can get anxious, which is no fun. So take it easy when you try it. Durban Poison is one of How to Do the Pot's 12 essential strains every woman should have in her stash. And episode 37 has all the details about why women love it. A classic indica strain is Granddaddy Perp. It's a favorite of Christine De La Rosa, the co-founder of the People's Dispensary, and a medical patient treating symptoms of the autoimmune disease lupus. For more of Christine's story, check out episode 67 of How to Do the Pot. I also had a good experience with Granddaddy Perp when I was treating pain from an intense dental surgery. It smells like grape and berry, and in addition to being a pain reliever, helps with stress, insomnia, appetite loss, and muscle spasms. It's a strong strain, but if you're using it to treat pain, 
you'll get relief and won't feel as high. The pain relieving part of it takes away some of the intoxicating effects. But be warned, you may end up couch locked or falling asleep if you consume a lot. I hope this episode has been helpful and you've learned some keywords to use that give a little more context to just saying, I want a sativa, indica, or hybrid. Let us know what you think. Please reach out with any questions or tips to hi at dothepot.com or DM us at dothepot. Thank you for listening to How to Do the Pot. For lots more information and past episodes, visit dothepot.com. Thanks to Maddie Fair, our brand manager, and our producer, Nick Patry. I'm Ellen Scanlon, and we'll be back soon with more of How to Do the Pot.